Make it dark. Make it grim. Make it tough. But then, for the love of God, tell a joke. Joss Whedon. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee S. And today's going to be a joke. Yes. All one big joke. (laughs) (laughs) We got a little heavy-handed last episode, so we're we're lightening it up a little bit today. We are talking about writing humor. Humorous characters, writing little jokes in there, what to keep in mind as you're writing humor, how to not overdo it so you lose track of the book. But how to make it fun for your readers. Absolutely. So we've talked about this before in our episode about secondary characters. Your secondary characters are going to be your humorous ones. Your main character, your heroes, are not the funny ones. Yes. If they're making light of the situation, then your readers will also. But if a secondary character is making light of the situation, you'll laugh, you'll get that release, because tension and release is such a vital part of humor. You build up your tension, you have a little bit of release, then you have permission to build up the tension a little bit more, tighten that hatch. Every time you release with humor, it's a little bit of an exhale for your readers, but it gives them permission to make it dark, make it tough, without droning on and being exhausting. A couple of examples of the secondary characters that are the comic relief. Jack Sparrow. and Captain. Captain Jack Sparrow. (laughs) Yes, Captain Jack Sparrow. And I'm talking about the Jack Sparrow of the original Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Because he does become the main character later on. He retains some of the humor, but other characters become the full humor characters. Yeah, later on in those movies, Pintel and Rigetti end up being more of the comedic relief. A little bit of Gibbs also. If you don't know the pirate cast, just we're done talking about that, so we'll move on. (laughs) In the Harry Potter series, the comic relief is Ron. Not necessarily always telling a joke. But he's the one that says the things that make you laugh. We do have a little bit of 3PO in that collection also, some of Chewbacca. But whenever 3PO says something that just falls out of his mouth, it's almost always amusing. The biggest thing with the humor characters is that they are a juxtaposition of the serious hero. A fun example of this is in the Witcher Netflix series, where you have the Witcher who is super serious... And then you have the bard. Yes. (laughs) Who is just amazing. (laughs) It's like we laugh at everything he says and we still cheer when he gets hit in the gut. Because he deserves it. Yes. (laughs) Part of why that juxtaposition is so important is it makes each character's voice and point of view more potent. It makes it matter more to the readers. And we can start to guess who's saying which line, because one is obviously making light of the situation, and one is punching the other in the gut. One of the roles of the humorous character is, yes, that tension release, but you also want them to kind of act as a Greek chorus. Those two go hand in hand a lot of times, because that's the character that your audience is going to align with. Not necessarily your hero, but somebody who is learning the situation, somebody who is starting to understand. There's that joke online about having a normal everyday person run the Olympics with all of these mass Olympians. 
so we know exactly how fast these characters are going. If you have somebody normal in the mix, and that ends up being very humorous. Imagine that video gamer kid trying to run next to Usain Bolt. Yeah, there's... (laughs) It's just not going to end well. So if we don't have a character who has a completely normal reaction to this, then we won't understand it. So if the character isn't afraid of the forest, the forest isn't scary. You don't want your hero to be afraid of the forest because they're the hero. But your comedic character is often the one going, why can't it be follow the butterflies? Follow the spiders. (laughs) So sometimes humor in a story is about the surprise, the line you don't expect, the response that is so different. One author that is great at this is Douglas Adams. Yes. 42. What does that even mean? They're seeking the answer to life, the universe, and everything. And the answer is 42. Who knows what that means? It would have been helpful if we had actually asked a question. And that's where the humor comes in. Another useful tool that kind of goes under the same heading of surprise is breaking cliché. So you set up something that your reader knows where this is going, and then you just dart away from it in a completely opposite direction. So taking a common phrase and ending it differently. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it think. In the right context, that might be hilarious. Mm -hmm. I would die for my husband. He's my life, my everything. (sighs) Oh my God, I can't do this. That moment where we know where this is going and then it goes that way instead can be very amusing. Something else that you can use in your writing to create humor is some kind of absurdity. In Brandon Sanderson's Alcatraz vs. the Evil Librarians, (laughs) he uses absurdity all of the time. The whole book is just absurd. And I love it. And you have the biggest smile on your face thinking about it. So yes, absurdity works to create humor. One of my favorite kinds of humor is the darker humor. A great example of this is the book The Martian. A lot of humor throughout it. He mentions in the beginning that after he realizes he's stuck on the planet, he could either be woeful and resigned or make it a big joke. A great line from it is, I admit it's fatally dangerous, but I get to fly around like Iron Man. (laughs) So one of the things when it comes to the absurd and the dark and resigned humor, it's contextual and it's usually based on word choice and how things are phrased. So Robert Schimmel's memoir, Cancer on a $5 a Day, chemo not included, he has this quote I'll see if I can say it seriously. The stupid hospital gown is riding up my ass. I try to pull it down and it snaps right back up like a window shade. I cross my legs and suddenly I'm Sharon Stone. (laughs) And it's absolutely absurd. Everything that's being said, you just wouldn't expect to be in normal conversation. And that's what makes it fun. I would never expect somebody to compare a hospital gown to a window shade. But that's what he's doing. So it's these comparisons, these metaphors, the word choices that make humor what it is. Another tool in your toolbox is the rule of three. 
If you're setting up a pattern and then breaking it, that's an element of surprise. Or if you're setting up a pattern and they stick to it, that can also be amusing. So I wave my hand in front of the door once and it doesn't open. And so we just pull the door and we go in. And then later on in the book, you and I are shopping and I go and I wave my hand in front of the door and it doesn't open. And you just sort of roll your eyes and open it. And then we get to Walmart where I know there are motion activated doors. And I'm like, I got this. I have force powers. Let's do this. I wave my hand in front of it and it still doesn't open. (laughs) That use of three puts weight on that third time. You're building a momentum. You're building a joke across the whole story. If you ever watch stand-up comedy, they use the rule of three all the time. Timing is also everything with humor. Which is really hard in books, by the way. Yes. So I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but scientific theories or ideas out there that to tell the perfect joke, you have to have mentioned a piece of it about 10 minutes prior to the joke. So if you mention something regarding the plot line, so if you tell a joke about peanut butter, about 10 minutes before you tell the joke, you want to mention peanut butter somehow, and then tell the joke later, punchline is peanut butter, and people will think it's hilarious. Yes. So a couple quick things to keep in mind before we wrap up the episode. Use your humor sparingly. It should be a spice, not the entire story. Yes, some stories are spicier than others. But if you use it constantly, you lose track of the value of the story itself. Be very, very careful about using sarcasm in books. Sarcasm is 90% tone and body language, which you cannot convey easily in a book. If you're using sarcasm, make sure that you're making it very apparent that it is sarcasm. Yeah, I would basically refrain sarcasm to dialogue only. The most important thing is to give your readers permission to laugh. Yes, I have cancer. Yes, I'm going through chemo. This is still a funny book. You're allowed to laugh. Because real life isn't always serious. Real life is ironic, hilarious, tragic, but fun. Life always has something to laugh about. Yes. I think the most important thing is making sure it's funny to you, the author. Because if you're laughing, your audience is laughing too. And how do we write it so it's funny to us? Write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing.